Today on Inside the Ropes, uh, one of the great stories we've ever been able to tell on this podcast, Greg Longmore joins us after a horrific accident and he's all the way back to playing awesome golf. We've got some great news around the Australian Open and so much more. Let's go. You're listening to Inside the Ropes, Australia's must-listen-to golf show with exclusive content from both home and abroad. Subscribe now through your favourite podcast app. G'day, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is Inside the Ropes, episode number 213. Huge show coming up. Bit of a special show um, in a lot of respects. Uh, We'll explain why as we go through this afternoon or this evening or this morning, whenever you might be listening to the program. It's great to be here. Uh, Mark Hayes is alongside. Hello to you, Hazy. Hello, Murray. I'm very excited to be with you. And, and for a guest we've got coming up later, um, I prepare for your heartstrings to get a bit of a tug. Greg Longmore's his name. Matty Cutler's here as well. You've been involved in um, development golf around Australia for a long time and state-level golf for a long time. Do you know the name Greg Longmore? Is that something that, a name that's familiar to you? I do, Andy. Yeah. I do. He's been a, uh, a long-standing uh, elite player down in Tasmania and... Punched above his weight for a long time, so that's the golfing part of it. And there's a you know there's obviously layers to his golf story. But um, as you'll find out when we speak to him a bit later on, um, he's been through a life changing uh, accident at a at a distillery in Tasmania, one that, according to experts, the theory the levels of probability were that it would take his life. The results, the effects of the um, explosion, the explosion that he's been in. Um, that was four and a half months ago. He shot 66 on Saturday at Launceston. Can you believe that? No, no, it's a ridiculous story. I can't wait to hear what he's got to say about that. It's an unbelievable story. So we'll get to that. Um, all the, obviously, the news of the week. Um, we'll get through all the other bits of it. Oh, I just want to start, regular listeners to Inside the Ropes, and the show goes on after this week. It will go on for hopefully decades and decades to come with whoever's behind the microphone. But... Um, Life never stands still. Things change. And Mark Hayes, who has been, um, in my lifetime, being involved in golf in Australia, uh, part of the backbone of Australian golf, particularly the coverage of it, um, the media uh, coverage of the game, your life's changing. You won't be part of this after this episode. This will be your last one. So I uh, just wanted to acknowledge that right off the top. This There wouldn't be an Inside the Ropes without you. The, the show, as I said, will Go on with all the regular gurus. I'll still still be here from next weekend on, but um, this will be the last one for you. Yeah, uh, it's a sad day for me, Andy. Um, last day at Golf Australia today, mm. and, and obviously that with that goes the podcast for me. But as you said, the show will go on, and we've had a lot of fun. We have. Um, I'd like to thank you for all your no, no. It's efforts. been a joy to be alongside you for most of them. It's been great. Um, but thank you. No, no, good man. Uh, so later on the show, in the time that we've been doing this, I don't even. It's two hundred and thirteen episodes. I don't know how long in terms of years it's been, but. Um, we'll just share our favourite mo- uh, favourite golfing moments, not favourite pod moments, but favourite golfing moments. By and large, we'll have covered a few of those on the pod on the way through, but a little bit of a trip down Hazy's memory lane as we go through. Um, but as we do all the time, we start off with um, the week that was in world and Australian golf. And for about, I'm not sure how long it was, for, but for about half an hour at least, there was a, every chance that Mark Lushman was going to win that travel. It's, there was... Stuff going on all over the place around him. He shot the 66, and I know we should probably start with 64. 64, I beg your pardon. Um, it was just a little moment where we thought, hang on, he's going to win this thing from nowhere. I, I actually thought that you know Jason Day was a show mm. after day two, and then we thought Cameron Smith was a show after day three. We didn't expect Mark Leishman to be flying the flag so prominently, but yeah, he came within a couple of amazing uh 
putts and achievements of, of getting back there to the tournament that really set him alight yeah. years ago. Uh, his coach is, well, he was meant to be on his way over to see him today, but uh, border issues have uh, stopped that. So <laughs> oh hopefully Dennis McDade gets over there tomorrow. But uh, I think Dennis can uh, put some finishing touches and uh, maybe we'll see a really nice month or two for Mark coming up. Had had the belief been that it was coming? Because he's been up a bit up and down, Leash, the last little while. Was the was there confidence in the camp around him that, that, you know, a finish like this was not too far away? Yeah, I think it's really hard to know. These Every Australian professional doesn't get access to their coach as much as they used to. Yeah, so yeah. Um, they're, they're doing it alone um, a lot of the time. But, uh, look, I think when you've, you've got that uh, Leishman talent there, it's never far away. Eight-hole playoff, which was pretty extraordinary between <laughs> Hickok and English. Some unbelievable putts made to, A, get to playoffs. Yeah. And then during the playoff. And, when you say unbelievable, not not Ram um, DJ type unbelievable, but but six, eight, ten foot putts for par to to force it into the next hole. There was some real clutch stuff going on from those two. I sometimes think that it means more and the pressure's higher when you're a Kramer Hickok than when you're a John Ram. No doubt, I, you know it's a significant thing for them to win a mm. an event, and and still for Harris English, he's won a couple of them, but. Um, yeah, some knee knocking moments. I mean, two hours, two hours of additional golf <laughs> overtime, and um, some some really cool crowd involvement, which I think was. probably extended the the playoff in a way because they both bought into what the crowd brought. Can you yeah. can you believe can you believe a couple of those putts didn't drop from Hickok? Like, if oh, he doesn't was, get no. back to the sort of upper echelon of a PGA Tour event, he'll look back on that and think, uh, I, you know, I could not have been closer. The no. one on the one on it must have been about the fifth or sixth yeah. on eighteen that hit, that just, just kissed the right edge, and looked every bit in running it had to just work its way right to left. Yeah. How that stayed out is dead set anyone's business. Anyone's yeah. look. Yes. Ho- hopefully this goes a long way for him becoming Kramer Hickok rather than Jordan Spieth's mate too. <laughs> <laughs> that did get mentioned yeah. once or twice oh, on just the way. A bit. Yeah, just once or twice on the way through. I never knew. Um, Jason, <laughs> so Jason Day finishes tied tenth. Uh, I was expecting withdrawal. Before or after? The During. <laughs> uh, the way he was crabbing his way around yeah. the course, yeah. the way he bends over to pick the ball and sight lines up putts now and picks balls up out of Is that just the way Jason Day is going to be? Like For those who watch it and haven't seen him for a while, is that the way he's going to look for the rest of his golfing career? Yeah, who knows? I mean, back's pretty temperamental, but have we ever had a, a diagnosis of what he's dealing with, Hazy? Oh, uh, Wear and tear, I think, other than, you know, he's obviously got his ongoing vertigo issues and he's got his issues with his arms as well. But his back is just a wear and tear situation. <laughs> and pollen. There's a moment there on 17 where he had his second shot. You've got to say se- polio from no, him. No. <laughs> well, that's the only thing he has in that battle with by the sounds of things. But he's got his second shot into 17 there. And the wind was up there for a while and the sun was setting and it was getting the air was obviously getting quite thick. And he had he looked like he had some sort of pollen attack. See that? Uh, Were you watching that at the time? Oh, I had to back off, and he's the caddy's only okay, and he's coughing and sneezing, and he's rubbing his eyes. What the hell's going on now? Nothing. There's no more <laughs> no. surprises that come no, out of Jason Day. No, no, there are not. Uh, Scotty tied thirteenth. Lucas Herbert top twenty finish for him. He he now is. He just needs to play there and at that level against those blokes more often because he's clearly competitive at that level now. Yeah, he's made a good fist of the opportunities he has got. He's, he's got a base there. He's got a house um, down there in Florida near the Golf Australia house. He's hanging out with all those guys. He wants to make the US his go. 
Um, but obviously he's got a nice backup in Europe. Mm. I think mm. the key for him is that he no longer throws in a bad round or a bad hour in a round. Um, so you don't see 74s or 75s anymore. And mm. that, we all know that's the key to being a great pro is, mm. you know, you have your bad days, but it becomes a 71 or 72. And yeah. I think he's getting to that stage because he's always had the capacity to peel off a heap of birdies in a row from days in Bendigo right through. So uh, that's a big check for him, 80, 87,000 US. That helps. It goes a long way for what he's trying to do. Sure does. Smith, Jones, Purse all made the cut. So it was a good week for the Australians. Uh, the Women's PGA Championship, of course, uh, Nellie Corder blew them away really in the end, didn't she? She wins by three, but she beats the couple of players tied for third by nine. Yeah. Had it not been for uh, Lizette Salas, she would have just absolutely munched that field to pieces. She was um, – that's the sort of golf we expect her to play more often than not. When you watch her play, there's kind of not really too many reasons that she doesn't win a whole lot more than she does. I think this is the start of something mm. pretty ominous. I've been saying this for other people for a while, particularly on the men's side, and I've been – Horribly wrong, so apologies, Nelly, because this is probably the kiss <laughs> oh, you're of jumping death. On. Yeah, yeah. Well, there hasn't it, the women's game has had a lot of top players, but no standouts since Inby Park probably didn't, uh, you know, play full time for those yep. couple of years. Yep. There's been some really good players, and there continues to be. I think the depth of the top of the women's game is clearly the best it's ever been. But we haven't had a Lorena Ochoa or a Kari Webb or Annika Sorenstam for a little while. Mm. Of all the people now, she has the capacity to be that dominant figure. She's the only person who's won multiple. Now she's won three times on the mm. LPGA Tour this year. And she's number one in the world mm. and with a bullet. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people in the United States will be happy that, that she's doing that too. It just adds to the LPGA Tour from their perspective. Yeah, we don't. Does, that doesn't yeah. bother us in the slightest. Yeah. We would yeah. probably like to see, uh, you know, the Koreans sort of extend their power hold on it, but... Um, yeah, she stands to be the face of the game for the next little while. What'd you make of Gabby's before Gabby Ruffles's performance? Yeah, cuts again, superb. Like tied thirty third, that sixty five in the second round, and a seventy six to start with. Mm. And and you you're worried about the cut after a seventy six in a major first up, and to to throw in that sixty five second up, uh, that's just class and and clutch really. Shit, have whether you can actually give me a number or a sense of this, but how far in advance of where most people thought she could be at this stage is she? Is she like miles ahead of where <laughs> most golf people thought she'd be? Oh, she only picked a club up a handful of years ago, which, yep. is, which is frightening. I think there is certainly – she's just got unbelievable talent, but there's certainly room for improvement there, and I, yeah. and I know her coaches have talked about the fact that she can get better at certain aspects of her game, which, um, which is – Amazing on one hand, but uh, frightening for the rest of the rest of the field. On the other hand, she's still a student, Andy. That's unbelievable. She's pro, but she's still at USC. So you know, it's <laughs> she's not playing on a level playing field yet. So, mm. and the exact opposite of what we just said about um, Lucas Herbert, she still throws in a a dodgy round when that mm. when that sort of gets ironed out a little bit in the next year or two as she becomes a full time touring pro. Wow, mm. just wow. But she's her her world ranking is is really rapidly rising, and and she's doing it off the back of the odd major and yeah. essentially an invite here and a Symmetra event there. So yeah. it's uh, it's pretty ominous going forward. Yeah, she's pretty exciting talent, isn't she? Uh, the other Australians, Minji Lee, tied forty Suo sixty third to make the cut. I don't think I missed any of the others, did I? That was it. The girls who got through yep. to the weekend. Um, Steph Kiriakou over on the LET. So. 
dwarfed a bit this week given the magnitude of the event that was taking place in America. But title of it, she is – how long until she is on the biggest stage competing week in, week out and just contending? Because that seems to be what she does. Wherever she plays, she contends. She's, yeah. she's that sort of player. She just keeps on keeping on. It's mm. it's tee it up and have a good finish. And, yes. and, the, and the score is like – they're consistent and 70, 69, 68, like gets better as the week goes on. She, she just needs an opportunity to play because every time she tees it up, she goes well. The bond between the LPGA Tour and the LET is going to help her. I don't think that she's going to have to have too many steps between her and getting a, right. an LPGA Tour card. And I think the way she's gone in the first year and a little bit here um, should get her right at the pointy end of the LPGA Q school very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if she can, if she doesn't get, sufficient invitations um, as we see so often in the men's game, which is not as common. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll, she'll get a chance through Q school. She won't have to go through 15 leagues like some others. Yeah, yeah. She's just a competitor. Mm. She's, She's a, a player. She's a golfer. Like yeah. She just, she, as, the, as some Americans, was, she golfs the hell yeah. out of that ball. <laughs> like she just, she just plays, doesn't she? She She's does. Just a really, really nice, nice competitive Golfer, um, there's a whole lot of other stuff took place around the world. Grace Kim on the Symmetra Tour, just while we're looking at all the stuff that the women, yeah. women are doing, she had a top 10 finish over there, which was great. Uh, and I look, I, it's, um, it's about as far off Broadway as you can possibly get, Andy, but the Korean Tour. Yeah, I was going to get to that a bit later on, but okay, go on. No, no, yeah, go on. With you then. no, no, go on. You take it where you want to go. Well, would, we celebrate Australian winners, and this is, I'm sorry, it's obscure. Yep. It just is. Yep. But Jung Sok Lee yeah. has won on the Korean tour. Yep. Um, he carries the Australian flag, um, for what it's worth. Yep. Not sure he'd. Uh, I'm not sure he'd uh, be known by too many if he walked down the. No, Burke I reckon or... uh, anonymity's in his favour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You looked at me quite funny when I said he was a, uh, you know, an Australian winner. No, I. You see the flag every time he tees it up, but yeah. uh, I. There, so there's not too many people listening. Where does he call home? Pick him out of a lineup. Where's home for him? Don't ask me that question. Right, no, but does, he, does he live in Australia? No, he's he's gone, gone back. back. He's home. been based in Japan and Korea for a few years now. But um, I, I feel like I'm getting set up here by by he of the Matt Cutler fan club. But <laughs> I, I, I um I I you know this is great. We we celebrated Wan Jun Lee with, winning there yeah. a couple of years ago, and and um we we haven't got I haven't got a number for uh, Mr Lee, but uh, you know we. You know, we congratulate him, and, and uh, we always like to see an Australian flag run up the pole, Andy. Here, here, hazy. Uh, there's a few other bits and pieces we'll get to. We'll talk about Victor Hovland's performance a bit later on, Corn Ferry Champions, Japan. We'll get to all of that a bit later on, but we've got to get to Tassie and catch up with Greg Longmore. This is an unbelievable story. You're listening to Inside the Ropes, episode number 213. With Australian Golf Media, you're back inside the ropes. Welcome back to the show. Now, Mark Hayes, you for a long time have been telling me, bringing to Inside the Ropes some of the more extraordinary stories in the world of golf. And you've given me the, the bare bones of a story uh, uh, from a bloke's story down there in Tassie by the name of Greg Longmore. He shot 66 on the weekend at Launceston. Now, that's extraordinary anyway, a bloke shooting 66 down at Lonnie. But that is about the least extraordinary thing about the Greg Longmore story. Uh, yeah, that would be the understatement of the year, Andy. It's been um, one of the more uh, amazing rides to that 66 you've ever seen. And we're thrilled, absolutely thrilled, because 
to be honest, I didn't think this moment was going to be possible to have Greg Longmore on the line. And Greg, I know that this hasn't been high on your list of priorities in 2021, <laughs> but uh, uh, we are th- we are th- we're thrilled to get you on, mate. Welcome aboard. Ah, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, now, mate, let's go. We need to go back um, through a bit of your story. Oh, can we just start with the 66 at Lonnie first? We'll get to the 66. Oh, so we'll we'll, we'll start at the start and finish at the end. Correct. Right. I know probably, that's a, probably yeah. a sensible way of doing it, really. Uh, for, for those who don't know, Greg's been a, um, a, a pro at one stage in his early early days and uh, got his amateur status back, has been in Tasmania for a long time, has been a stalwart of the state team and one of the great contributors to Australian amateur golf for a very long time. Yep. Excellent player. Greg, you've been, uh, you've, you, chose, you chose your wife and your family and, your, and a profession over the golf um, and then all of a sudden this year things changed a little bit. Uh, yeah, it did. Obviously, the workplace accident has put a lot of perspective into life. Um, yeah, so my wife and kids have been the rock through me to get back and now to have the opportunity to play golf again. So tell us a bit. Some of us may not know about this workplace accident, Greg. Um, Hazy told me a bit about it. What Can you take yep. us back? What, what happened? Uh, as in what happened on the day, yeah. I've got no idea. Right, okay. So what happened to you as a result? When you when the dust settled and you realised you'd been in a bit of a you'd been in a bit of a, a situation. We should explain what, this. What, Andy. What, yeah, what, so there's been a um, Greg um, yeah, took took up a role with a distillery in uh, I think it's in Perth, Greg, in Tasmania and um, you'd only it, been, it is, yeah. only been there a couple of weeks and there was a massive explosion, Andy. Yep. Yep. And and Greg unfortunately was part of that explosion in the distillery. So Greg, take it up from there. Well, that's about as far as I know. I, um, I've suffered 40, 40% burns to my body. So I've had to go through numerous graft surgeries on my wrist, knees, and on the bottom part of my neck, where initially they gave me a 80, 85% chance of not making it. Of, of dying? So, of dying, yeah. Not, not a word I like using. No, often, no, no. Well, you're not. You, thankfully, it didn't happen to you, mate. Thankfully, you're talking to us now. No, exactly. That's exactly right. So, Greg, um, so did, you mentioned that you, you know, you didn't realise what was happening to you at the time, but those around you were extremely fearful, weren't you? The doctors gave you your family some pretty sobering words. Yeah, they did. So obviously, my body's gone into shock from the explosion. They've given me a drug which gives me amnesia to get me on the helicopter to get me to the Royal Hobart Hospital. And, yeah, from there I woke up 13 or 14 days later. I was put in an induced coma. So I've got two, two and a half weeks of my life I can't remember. So when when you wake up, that's extraordinary. None of us, 99.9% of us have got no concept of what what you've been through, right? So, So that's just... People will be listening. To you tell that story, and it'll be it'll be sinking in, and we go right. That's pretty. That's pretty extraordinary. Can you remember <laughs> when you first when you first opened your eyes and you first regained consciousness? What you what you saw and what what your reaction was? Um, I was just in dis- disbelief. I had no idea what had happened, where I was. I saw Erin, and which is my wife, um, and she slowly explained a lot to me but even a week after I still had no idea where I was at that time Greg um you know obviously the doctors had been looking after you religiously there for a couple of weeks um 
were you aware of the outpouring of support you'd received? I know, I think it was your sister maybe who'd set up a, a GoFundMe page. Were you aware of that immediately? I wasn't, no. no. So a week after, my wife told me about that and it's the only time while I was in the hospital I actually cried. So Andy... So that, the outpouring of just the golfing community was unreal. That's great. So Andy, I'm, you might give us an update Greg, because there still might be money coming in, I'm not sure. But last I read was the GoFundMe page to get Greg back and help his family more than anything, yeah. I think, was over $110,000, Greg. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, that is just a staggering show of and support. Then, yeah, and then every golf club in Tasmania has done another one and they've donated to a page or a fund that the Launceston Golf Club has set up as well. And I believe a couple of distilleries, not just yours, but another one or two maybe around the state, were also really uh, mindful of the, you know, the the workplace um, implications of what what you went through, and they also chipped in some big bucks. They did, yeah. Lark was Lark is obviously a very big one in Tasmania, and we were in the process of making for them. Mm. So that's where Lark has come on board, and another one in Oatlands that. I don't know if many of the listeners out there know Oatlands. It's a little town in the middle of Launceston and Hobart, and it hasn't even opened up as yet. And they donated ten thousand. So that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, so just so so that's what's happened to you, right? On Saturday, you shoot sixty six at Lonnie. Just, just I missed. How long ago was this? How long ago were you in this? Were you in this terrible accident? Uh, It happened on the ninth of Feb. The ninth of Feb in two thousand and twenty (laughs) one. Yeah, only four and a bit months ago. Oh, come on now. It's a miracle that you're alive. How the hell, how <laughs> the hell four months later have you shot 66 at Lonnie? This is unbelievable. I've got no idea. To tell you, to tell you the truth, I've got no idea. So, Greg, obviously there was a period where you're just trying to Live. be alive. When did yep. golf, when did golf, when did you start rolling the putter out and did you think you'd play golf again? Ever? And, as and, I was, and, in, ho- as I was in hospital, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got to play with a lot of clothing on now, two gloves, so I've got no feel around the green. But you must have just some. Just to be out here, I think. <laughs> no, I just looped it, I think. <laughs> Come on now. Um, Come on now. Just, <laughs> yeah, go on. Go just, on. Me, just, just to be out here and breathing the fresh Tasmanian air is enough for me. So I've just taken a step back in the golf and the scores are starting to creep down lower. So, so Greg, I, I remember... I don't know if that's just my... Uh, sorry, mate, keep going. You're right. I, I just don't know if that's my mindset to golf now, that I'm using it more as the rehab and trying to get other people to play the game with a little bit of my story, just that you can use it for medical relief. So I remember... I don't know whether you're a footy fan or um, you know about the Jason McCartney story, but... And McCartney was, I do, yeah. yeah. So, so when he came back and played that game for North, he basically played that yep. game in a full. I don't know. You'll know the name. But it was like a full Burns bodysuit almost. His skin was so yeah. damaged. Is that? Are you playing golf in something similar to that? It's identical. I'm from ankle to top of my neck. Swathed in bandages, Andy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some stories actually do take – some. you're lost for words with some story. You hear people say that. I'm actually gobsmacked by this story. So that's day in, day out. You have to wear that 
every time you go yeah. outside? Yeah. 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 Even if I'm inside sitting on the couch, I still need it. And how long will that be your reality for, Greg? Have you got it? Like, will the, the skin will, I imagine, repair to some degree? You tell us. I don't know what the answer to that question is, but are you going to be requiring a, a suit like this in some form or another for for pretty much the rest of your life? Uh, no, no. They recommend that you've normally got it on for two to three years, and with how quick my body is healing, they recommend that mine will only be on for about a year. Have they told you why your body's healing so quickly? Not really. They're all in disbelief. They just think it's a determination to get back out here and play golf again. <laughs> um, obviously, being a very competitive person does help, but I'm also very positive in the mind. Can we can we just delve into your golf just a little bit here? Because as I said earlier, you've been you've been a. We don't have to. No, no, I, th- I think we do, mate. But is you, oh, as the number one or two player, depending on what happens on the day for Tasmania for the last, I don't know how many years. Let's best part of a decade, probably. Yeah. You have. Yeah, a few. You, you've confronted the cream of Australian amateur talent coming through, um, and you're doing it as you were a, you were a tradie for a long time, doing it on you know, a couple of hits a, a month and maybe a couple of rush hits with the Tasmanian boys the week before the interstate yeah. series. And you have to come up against Minwoo Lee or Travis Smythe or um, any number of the, the number one players from around the country in their different states. Um, is golf something that you wish you'd been able to take further or is it is it something, as you say now, that's just become a passion for you to, to help you through this crisis? Yeah, more of that, more of the passion. I've obviously got two young girls now, and I wouldn't go back in a heartbeat. Um, obviously, now that I'm allowed to play a little bit more golf, and the girls are good, and my wife's good, it it does creep back into the the back of my mind that I would like to do it again. At to what level? Like, are you just are you wanting to get to the next time Tasmania plays again, or are you looking to win a state amateur championship? Or what's your thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, more of that. I I don't know if interstate will happen or if any tournaments will happen with all this COVID going on at the moment. But just, yeah, I now want to hit the peak that I physically can. So I just want to keep improving as much as I can for the recovery of my body and, and the injuries, but also for for me as a person. So you sound you've mentioned the fact that you're really competitive and you're obviously incredibly positive in the in the mind. You've mentioned that already. Don't don't be bashful here. If you were to set yourself a target, like a golfing target, if you were to say, "I'm yep. going to I'm going to aspire for this," whether I get there or not, time will tell. But this is what my pinnacle achievement would be. Have you, in, whether you've written it down or it's a secret, you're going to you're going to break with us. Is there? Have you got a little goal like that in mind? Um, initially when I got out of hospital was just to come and shoot under the cart again. Yep. Um, but now obviously that's happened and I'm, I'm shooting a lot lower. The Australian Open is a goal for me to play in. That is, wow. that is pretty awesome. <laughs> so have you actually... I know, went... I know that's... Go on. I know, I know, I know it's a huge leap to get there and that's just what I want to do. Have you, okay, if your ambition is that... Well, well, have you have you worked out a pathway of where you here we are on the I don't know what date it is the 29th of June have you worked out how what you got to do to get there no, not as yet no okay <laughs> well, 
Was it a couple of fairly? There's a, couple, there's a couple of fairly significant people in the room with me right now. I reckon one of those might be able to, or a couple of them might be able to find a way, Greg, to just uh, open a door or two. A uh, couple with a wow. microphone under their nose, and a couple of others that haven't got a mic <laughs> under their nose. It, it's a pretty. That's it. We can only hope. Yeah, it, it's a pretty interesting thing to think about because often what inhibits everyone is at a level where they can play pretty much the same, and what separates the best is. Sometimes the attitude or the mental or everything away from golf separates mm. them. So yep. you might you might have that thing taken away just through circumstance that all of a sudden it's just a joy to be out there. And, and all of yeah. a sudden your performances get even better. Yeah, let's, let's hope. So have you actually mentioned well. that to your wife, Erin, or, or Phoenix or Indigo, your, your little daughters? They're not little anymore. Ah, uh, they're nine and seven, but uh, yeah, they know. They're they're hoping that I can get in because they I'd be looking forward to a holiday. <laughs> I bet they would. Um, God, it'd be a good story. That's amazing because I'd be I, an I, unbelievable story. I, you know, I hoped for this that we would get to speak to Greg. Just hoped that we would get to speak to him. Yeah, yeah. Really, in in March. Um, but then the photos were taken with the the girls around the hospital bed. You must have let a couple of people in there or a photo out or something, Greg. But it's, you've come a long way. I know that they're, they're your total motivation, aren't they? They are, for sure, yeah. But even when I was in ICU and I just woke up, I said to Erin, I said, can you bring the girls in? And she wasn't sure how they'd go. But for me, I needed to see them. And I think that has put me in the right on the right path. Try and live life for them while they're at school. I'm at Launceston at the moment, just having a bit of a chip and a putt. So I can now life's in perspective. I can do both. Golf can be a little bit of a selfish sport as you're growing up. It sounds like you've That's got everything incredible. in perspective yeah. so, now. So can just me? I'm I'm just about done here. This is and I'm barracking for you more than I've ever barracked for an Australian golfer in, in my entire life. Now you, you mentioned before you've lost a bit of feel in with your short game. How are you going distance wise? Are you still sort of getting it out there with the I don't want to use the word restriction, but with the the new version of you, are you still being able to kind of get it out there the same kind of distance you were before? Um, I'm hitting it currently at about 80%. Okay, right. Yeah. And are you playing uh, with yeah, pain? I haven't been in pain the whole way through. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's no pain, no pain factor there. Is, I've gone from hitting a draw to now Now I've got to hit a fade. That's only different. <laughs> yeah, I feel sorry for you. For somebody who's been a yeah. perennial slicer and fader of the ball your whole life and watching a yeah. couple of blokes who draw it alongside me. I oh, know you're at Daisy can't draw it from that position. He draws every now and again, he can. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Mate, um, Greg Longmore is the name, everybody. Um, yeah. I, th- I think everybody listening to this is going to be blown away by your story, mate. So, as um, as we are, it's been uh, it's an honour to actually and a joy to spend some time having a chat to you today. As I said, Andy, before Greg goes, um, like he's been a genuine good superstar, yeah. a really good player yeah, for obviously. Tasmanian golf, yeah. and on no practice, I've got to tell you, before the Interstate Series, he's carried the can. He's got <laughs> such a good. Um, rapport with all the young guys and the older guys who he's gone through it with down there. It's a really tight bunch when it comes to interstate. And I know that if, you know, whatever happened to you, you'll have a lot of support. But if, if it gets that far, geez, you'll have the whole state coming over, I reckon, to check it out. Oh, let's hope so. It'll be good. 
Good luck, mate. Thanks for joining us on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much, boys. Greg Longmore, folks. That is one hell of a story. Uh, let's get to the break. Let that sink in. We'll come back with more Inside the Ropes after this. With Australian Golf Media, you're back Inside the Ropes. Welcome back to the show, Inside the Ropes, episode number 213. I take a trip through um, or down memory lane as at the time that we've all spent together doing the show. The show, of course, goes on next week, but as you heard from the start, it uh, will be Hazy's last show. I'll be less frequent around the place uh, than I have been in the past, but Inside the Ropes will definitely be going on. Um, the Australian Open will be a major focus again, as it always is, on the show. Uh, leading up to during and thereafter, you've got some news on the Australian Open. Yeah, really delighted to confirm this week that the um, Australian Open, after a hiatus last year from yep. the pandemic, of course, uh, is back in 2021. So it's going to be played at the Australian Golf Club yep. for the 22nd time. And the dates are November 25 to 28. So the shape of the tournament still to be decided in terms of field. Yep. Um, naturally, that's out of... Golf Australia and the PGA's hands a lot. It's a quarantine issue what we'll be able to do, but the most important thing is the national championship and the PGA championship the following week are back on board. Will be played. Will be played. Irrespective of quality of field, depth of field, availability, all of that sort of willingness to travel, all of that sort of stuff. Yes. COVID flare-ups notwithstanding. Notwithstanding, correct. I correct. mean, yeah. who knows? Yeah, as we it, record yeah. this week, yep. obviously yep. the nation's in a bit of a state of flux. Yep, um, we can't control that. But all things being equal, November twenty-five to twenty-eight, regardless of the quarantine levels the, required, right? Um, the, as you say, the depth of the field from an international perspective, the tournament will be on, and I think that's a really good relief and target for all the um, pros who have battled to find places to play in Australia because of the pandemic, and we know. Domestically, but also um, the PGA's done an awesome job, especially around the TPS tournaments and instigating some different things here and there. But things like the Asian Tour, um, there's so many of our guys who haven't had anywhere to play mm. for 18 months. So to hear the bigger name events committed to, yep. for one of a better phrase, I think is music to their ears. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it, it gives players something to train for. Yeah. Um, mm. We we work in high, I work in high performance, obviously, and, and our players, be they amateur or the, the rookie professionals, the, the hardest thing for them has been, well, what am I, what am I training for? Mm-hmm. What, are, what, are, what am I doing this for? What am I grinding for? What am I, what am I preparing for? And, and to have these bigger events on the horizon, and you mentioned the Asian tour. I mean, so many pathways for our young professionals have been taken away. Mm. Um, and for the Australian Open and the PGA to be able to go ahead, it, it's a little sort of landmark on the horizon for these players to prepare for. And I also think right. just as a, it's a bit of a byproduct of this, but the state opens have got a bit of their flair back, their mm-hmm. importance back, their yeah. significance. The New South Wales Open this year was tremendous, absolutely tremendous. Um, great depth in the field. And I, and I think that um, these things, uh, you know, are working better in concert now than they have been. Well, that's a nice little segue into um, a couple of minutes that I just wanted to spend in the time that we've been uh, together doing this show. I just wanted to, because um, you, as we said off the top, Hazy won't be part of Inside the Ropes going forward, and um, you've been such a you've been the cornerstone of the program. So I love a bit of retro down memory lane stuff. So a couple of memories each, whether it be a favourite tournament, a favourite winner, a favourite shot, a favourite whatever. In the time that we've all been together, either covering events or doing Inside the Ropes together, let's go around the table. We'll take it in turns. You go first, Hazy. What's well, been – give me the 
in the time that you've been doing it? Well, I actually um, would like to sing the praises of John Sutherland, uh, my boss, um, my immediate boss, who was the instigator of many things mm. um, in our department. But I, from my own personal perspective, is Australian Open Radio passion. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the chance to bring that tournament to a global audience was really cool in a live sense. Um, I, I found that really cool. And if I had to pick a specific moment, um, I mean, there are many. I, I've just had such a ball doing that. But I, to get up close and personal and watch Jordan Spieth just obliterate the final round of the of the Australian Open at the Australian. I think he shot a was a sixty three from yeah, memory, yeah. and everyone else is battling to break seventy. And here he is, um, and we all saw what that became subsequent yeah. to that. Yeah. He became clearly the elite player in the world for a couple of years. Um, that was special for me, and to, bro- to broadcast it on AI Radio was yeah, awesome. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But one of the highlights of that was when Blakey. Um, <laughs> was it Blakey on seventeen? Who, who he was on one side of the fairway and. Spieth's try was it Spieth or Matty Jones? He was playing with Matt Jones, wasn't he? Was he playing with Matty Jones in the final round? Uh, Is that a bit of a test? I can't remember now. It's a test. Might have been a group ahead or a group behind one or the other. But um, Blakey, the ball nearly landed. One of the drives nearly landed on Blakey's head because oh. he remember that. Yeah, I do. He had his back to it and he couldn't see it. Blake, it's over. They're coming your way, but I didn't see it. No, no, I didn't see it. It's about to hit you on the head, Duck Blakey, and it's. <laughs> That was one of the highlights. If it's of... not that, it was Blakey's puffing. Blakey's puffing was always uh, <laughs> right. good to listen to. I, I, th- I thought we'd have to get another rating there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you paid good money for that stuff. Uh, what about you, Matty? Is there one that jumps off the page at you? I think the moment that jumps off the page for me when you just threw that at us was was Hannah Green winning the yep. uh, the PGA. That yep. that that was that was probably the most excited I've ever been in this job. Yeah. Seeing seeing someone that has come through, you know them well, their team, how much hard work's gone into it. Um, there's actually a video that uh, will never see the light of day of uh, my boss, Brad James, his reaction to that putt going in that his daughter uh, surreptitiously videoed. And his level of, of excitement is, is off the charts, but it just shows how much it means to, to Why everyone. Why haven't I seen that video? Uh, well, maybe tomorrow, Hazy. That'll uh, wow, that'll well, surface. That should be. Uh, there's social media platforms for this sort of stuff. That should be out there on one of those. That's true. <laughs> now, Hannah, Hannah's moment and uh, seeing uh, seeing someone like Lucas Herbert uh, break through with that Dubai event, uh, uh, with with what he had uh, gone through in terms of early time in his career mm. and and trying to sort of make a name for himself on tour. Um, just seeing, seeing those players that have that have come through and worked so hard have, have success is really nice. Yeah, it's good. What the, about you, Andy? The, the, well, you, I'm glad you mentioned the state opens before because when I um, sat down this morning over a cup of coffee to think about this, the two, the two things that jumped out at me both came from the Vic Open. And I don't know why I wasn't trying to think of things specifically the, the Vic Open, but... I remember when Minji won her first, and she—I don't know—what she was she fifteen, sixteen when she won that thing down there in two thousand and thirteen or fourteen. Sixteen. I think we all thought we—I mean, you guys had been watching her ascend through the junior ranks for a while, so you knew there was something pretty special coming in, and hopefully the best is still yet to come from Minji Lee. But there was that was pretty seeing a kid of that age just work her way through the tournament the way she did and and prevail was impressive. At almost the other end of the scale, though, uh, there's. You, I, I was trying to. I tried to think of the shot that, a golf shot that I'll never forget, and I was on the other side of the green from Michael Long, when he was in oh. the playoff with Matt Miller, 
down left of 18. He went for it into, hit it into the bull rushes down there in that sort of salt flats there on the left-hand side of the 18th. Point. And I don't know how he found his ball. I don't know how he didn't get bitten by a snake. <laughs> but then how he managed to knock it to eight feet, whatever yeah. it was, was pure miracle. Genius. It was. And I, I felt we were pretty – well, I mean, it wasn't Jordan Spieth. And it wasn't Hannah Green. It wasn't a major. And it wasn't global. And it wasn't this. But to see that that shot was just one shot that I will never, ever forget seeing a bloke play. I mean, I didn't get over to see the lay, the lie. I would have loved to see. He must have had a much, well, he had a hittable ball. I didn't think that was possible given where he hit it. But to conjure that shot out of there and then win the tournament was quite something. Quite something. I I was right there. I I know exactly what you Mm. mean. It it took your breath away that he could (laughs) even get it on the green, let alone up to where he did and win the tournament. Extraordinary. Um, I was thinking about amazing shots when you mentioned this. Uh, I'm going to go for two moments. Yeah, good. Both amateurs. And I think one of the joys of having worked for Golf Australia was to have seen amateur golf a bit up more clo- up close and personal. And that's how you sort of come to, you know, some of the guys now. And I, I'll never forget the day when um, when Zach Murray, who I count as a dear friend now, uh, was in contention at the Australian Master of the Amateurs and he had a massive long wait on the 16th West at Royal Melbourne. Um, that's just the way the course configures. Um, it always is a bottleneck there. And he actually held court and told jokes <laughs> there. And I thought, you are a, a unit, one, but a really special character to be able to do that when you're looking at your breakthrough, yeah. you know, victory as an amateur player. I uh, thought that was something special. And then I, I'll i never forget watching Min Woo Lee play. Um, I've seen a lot of things and could you know mention thousands, but I'll never forget watching him play in the uh, at Yarra Yarra in the Australian Amateur Championship. He ended up losing to Matias Sanchez in the final, but he smacked some of the guys who are now on the European Tour making their, you know, Robert McIntyre and all yeah. those Scottish guys, Grant Forrest. He smacked them all, um, and he played a shot. I've never seen anything like it. Professional ranks, Tiger, you name it, never been as good a shot as he played from the right trees on the side of the... I want to say it's the 15th old fairway at Yarra Yarra. The one he, before the par three. One before the par three. Yeah. And, he, and everyone else is trying to tell him to hit it towards the 16th tee because he can try and scramble a, a par if you're good enough. And he played a low stinging um, cutting iron that pierced the trees, bit on the green, stopped and spun back to about four feet. And no one could see the shot. His caddy was blown away. Everyone's just shaking their heads. And he just walked up and tapped in the birdie. And you just think... I uh, hope that gets out on the global stage at yeah, some yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and all these kids, we've talked about the golden era, Andy, through the time you and I have been doing radio stuff together. Um, there's so many here who just, as we mentioned earlier, um, the kids just need a chance. Mm. Yeah, so th- it's coming because when they do get it, it's going to be awesome. They're out there. They're all over the place. Um, probably a good time to take a break, I reckon. Uh, we'll come back on the other side of this and wrap up uh, Inside the Ropes. Uh, more to come on the other side of the break. With Australian Golf Media, you're back inside the ropes. Welcome back to the show. Almost done and dusted. Uh, a few other bits and pieces before we get to uh, get into the clubhouse. Um, we got a bit of doing for Jared promo sort of stuff that we want to put out there again. Yeah. Um, look, there's a lot of charity things doing it pretty tough right now. Mm. And, and I don't want this one to sort of fall off people's radar, basically. Yep. Andy, yep. I think is the best way for me to put it. And those that challenge cancer, which is um, a charity near and dear to all our hearts, pre- predominantly through um, Jared Lyle for me, um, Robert Allenby, of course, and others. But um, the call is out for, for clubs to make their 
regular competition day, just one this year, doing it for Jared. Mm. Uh, and you don't have to contribute a truckload of money. In fact, you don't have to do anything more than you normally do other than commit the takings for that day's competition to uh, the challenge cause and doing it for Jared. Yeah. So get in touch through the challenge website. I think it's challenge.org.au. Um, book your club in. I know there are 90 on board for this spring. doesn't have to be a specific date. They want to get to 300. We want to kick those numbers up quick, smart here and, and just, just commit your club. It's so simple. We had a great day at Kerr Lewis last year doing it, um, put a few things around it and made it a much bigger event. Mm. But you can be really simple, but do it. Please just do it. Um, Jared Lyles, you know, got a, his memory and his efforts that need to live on, and that's how he, that's how we can actually do it. Great way to make it a standard part of you know the annual golfing calendar for as many golf clubs in Australia as we can get participating in it. There's a couple of those great days. It's one of them um, that you and I have been talking about on this show for a long time, and we'll uh, I'm sure that you know Ali and Blakey and Stace and Maddie and whoever continues on um, carrying the inside of the ropes program beyond this week. It'll be back next week, of course. We'll continue to let you know about all of that sort of stuff. It's pretty remarkable. We've just about got to the end of the show, and you and I haven't talked about... Um, oh, you're not going to now, are you? Well, we just need a little obligatory mention. A lot of Carlton supporters who do follow Inside the Ropes listen routinely. <laughs> We've <laughs> had a good week anyway, because the Hawks well, had a win, so will, you should be up and about. I will you know? say that the, the Blues um, listenership of Inside the Ropes has probably peaked in the last mm, 20 years uh-huh. since you've done nothing. <laughs> what a miserable coot what a miserable coot you've turned out to be we've been trying to be nice to you today on this special day 95 is a good year Andy. it's been great it's a great uh, year maybe you could do the review for us um, it is a, look it is a special day the show goes on it'll be Inside the Ropes episode number 214 next week uh, it will go on and continue to service um, everybody who loves you know their weekly dose of Australian golf um, and it will be carried on by those who I've just mentioned before, I, it would be absolutely remiss of us not to uh, thank you, Hazy. Your efforts on um, to build the show to where it is now and into you know the next years uh, and beyond um, deserve a recognition. And you know we wish you obviously well with everything that comes next in your life. Um, hopefully, you're not lost to golf because you've been a um, your, your contribution's been significant. Uh, you're going to leave very very deep footprints behind and. I know a lot of people who, who do listen to this show on a weekly basis um, love what you bring to the table. I love the obscure stuff you find. It's easy for us to talk about the Victor Hovlands of the world winning a you know major cha- or big tournament over in Europe, but it's the stuff like um, Greg Longmore and, and others that um, you've got as just as much of a passion for. And mm. I think we're all better for knowing their story. So um, uh, that's if that's part of the legacy that you leave beyond for those who carry the show forth. Um, it's a it's a great legacy that you'll leave behind. So on behalf of everybody, thank you, big fella. Thanks, Andy. That means a lot to me. Um, I've had a great time bringing it. It's going to keep keep going. Don't worry about that. It's, um, it's not about us. It's about the show. So um, hopefully I know that Blakey will dredge up some great yarns. Um, that's what it's all about because golf is not all about Greg Norman. It's about what happens mm. at the club level. So, um, yeah, no, thank you. And I really want to say <laughs> I don't know how to think. I'm terrible at this sort of stuff. But thank you. Because you've been the driving force behind um, true, how it yeah. how it all sounds and comes together, and um, without you, it wouldn't have been the same. I appreciate um, all your support for me personally, so thank you. Good on you. And as you said at the start of the show off here, Matt Cutler, we're both big Cheers fans, and some people were suggesting, well, there'll be no show, but the show <laughs> went on, right? Correct. Uh, we've got it. We've got our Kirsty Alley moment coming up soon. Yeah, exactly. um, Shelley Long's off, and uh, we've, we've got Kirsty Alley coming, but. Uh, 
Thank you for having me today. <laughs> on uh... how come I never had like one of those Shelley Long or Sybil Shepherd sort of filters over me? Uh, that would be a waste of a very good filter. <laughs> That's the answer to that question. Hazy, congratulations on everything you've done, Thanks, uh, not only for the podcast, but also at Golf Australia. And uh, we will miss you. Thanks, man. Good on you. Hopefully you've enjoyed uh, his contribution. Hopefully you enjoyed the chat with Greg Lawmore today. It's one that if you have listened to the show today, I'm sure you'll be um, telling people about um, it's quite a remarkable story and there'll be plenty more of those in upcoming episodes of Inside the Ropes. That's it for us. We are done and dusted for the day. See you next week, folks.